0: black swans. No, this isn't a wildlife sanctuary. You know what we mean. We are the Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Jailed Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gerskovich has been charged with espionage in Russia and has entered a formal denial, according to two Russian news agencies.
1: Evan Gershkovich was detained by members of Russia's state security service, the FSB, ten days ago whilst researching a story about the Russian mercenary group Wagner in a city a thousand miles east of Moscow. Officials accuse him of gathering what they say were state secrets about a military complex in the area.
2: Citing media reports that Mr. Gershkovich had now been charged with spying, the Wall
0: Street Journal, in a statement, called such charges false. And unjustified and demanded Mr. Kershkovich's immediate release. The state news agency TASS and the Interfax News Agency said a law enforcement source informed them Russia's Federal Security
3: Service had made the arrest. This is SRN News. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, For our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines.
6: The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management.
0: Is it his time? Oh, yes!
7: Where's your hand? Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic
4: insight, razor sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Oh, God, that's all I need. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead
7: of the economic curve. Let's go while we're young. Now, here's Professor King Banyan.
1: Good morning and welcome, King Bain Show, the Biz fourteen forty. Thank you for being here today. Uh, wishing uh, happy Holy Week to those of you who uh, celebrate that. Uh, happy Passover to our, our Jewish friends, and uh, and uh, happy Ramadan to uh, to those uh, our Muslim listeners as well. It's a huge week, and by the way, uh, for those of you that, that celebrate all of those or none of those, it's also Master's weekend and the baseball season's opened up supposed to hit 50 degrees up here in St. Cloud. I think it's the first time we'll be above 50 since sometime in October. I guess I'm going to have to check check the uh, weather history up here uh, during the break. Uh, it is Jobs Saturday. One reason why we're here is is because, because we want to do the Jobs Report, uh, which had a, an amazing amount of conflicting reporting. Uh, and that's why you come here to the King Banyan Show, to get at that and figure out why... Why does the news I'm receiving about things that would seem to be good the unemployment rate went down two hundred thirty six thousand jobs created labor force participation rate up why are we why do we still continue to think things are things are going badly uh as i mentioned uh, and, and tweeted to you during uh during the last week uh we published our quarterly business report our um I report on uh, economic activity up here in the St. Cloud area. Back in December we said that there w- that we thought a recession was coming. I still believe a recession's coming, but I don't think it's come here just yet. I think we're still I have data for January, I have data for February, and so far I would argue it's hard to see where the recession starts in that day in, in those data. But again, one of the things that always happens in our data is lots of revisions and they play a little bit of a role in the story we're going to tell about the National Jobs Report uh, today. Another thing that happened the past week, all of a sudden you saw the gas prices at the pump go up. Uh, we, had, we, had, uh, we had OPEC announcing, or members of OPEC announcing, not all of them, that they were going to cut back on production by about 1.1 1, 1. 1 million barrels per day. And all of a sudden, the price at your gas station, which may have been three, three hundred 320 all of a sudden looks like $330, 340 I would note that as the weekend approached, it looked like prices were already beginning to back off a little. Uh, but there was a sharp up reaction, and this is a normal pattern in oil prices. Anyway, um, uh, Peter Earl from the American Institute for Economic Research is joining us in the ten o'clock hour to explore what it means that. Uh, that OPEC decided, or members of OPEC decided to do this. Um, to do this, I think it's a very, um, I think it's a, a very uh, interesting uh, story for us. Uh, so we're going to talk with Peter in the second hour today, but on the first hour, we definitely want to spend our time looking at the jobs report. Let's let's just get right to that. Um, uh, just reading right from this from the uh, report from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Uh, total non-farm payroll employment rose by 236000 in March. Unemployment range, rate changed little at 3.5%. Uh, employment continued to trend up in leisure and hospitality, government, professional and business services, and health care. I found what that's the first paragraph of the report. Why would we be looking for picking apart things? It just seemed to me that throughout... The reporting immediately and a little bit thereafter, I thought all people wanted to talk about was was how things weren't so great. Indeed, I let me just play a little bit of this. This was a, when they do the report. So um, so CNBC. It's the only, I will tell you. I have to confess, I'm I'm a real Bloomberg guy. Of course, because I'm here at the Biz 1440. You get Bloomberg Radio on here uh, Monday through Friday. Uh, it is, it, which is fantastic. And every time I'm I'm in the car in the Twin Cities, 1440 is on because I want to hear that. I want to hear my Ramsey. I want to hear. I want to hear all the guys on the Biz 1440. But um, on Jobs Friday, I actually because I want to know what the CW is. What's going to be the conventional wisdom in the sp- the, pardon me, I, I, I hate spin is such a pejorative word but I want to hear so I like instead the word frame what's the frame through which they're trying to think about the jobs report and you got a little bit of that this is just a little bit of Steve Leesman speaking like five minutes this thing gets released at 7.30 our time, central time by 7.35 Steve Leesman is saying this, cut number two please I'm just going to say on the surface, not as as um, uh, uh, strong as it
3: appears on the surface of it. And then the idea of people coming back into the workforce, that's disinflationary. So I think this is a better um, uh, uh, report for the Fed than it appears on the headline numbers.
1: Now, Leesman, as you should know, is one of the reporters that always goes to the FOMC meetings, always gets called on for a question. He, he sits as sort of like an, a media seat of privilege. Uh, along with a few others, I'm going to talk about other people with media seats of privilege when it comes to the Fed, because um, we got we, we got uh, another Oracle of Timeros, uh article in the Wall Street Journal this week, um, which ugh, it, um, I sometimes I, it, they sometimes it just makes me cringe. It's so so quite to me obvious that people inside the Federal Reserve use the Wall Street Journal and particularly Nick Timoros young guy um but you know he's the person who people inside the fed call and say hey i got a story for you and these stories kind of just write themselves and i'll i'll read you this one and just uh, i'll I'll read you this one later in the hour but the frame with which Leisman is is doing this is looking at it through the eyes of what will the Federal reserve think the wall street journal uh in in their real-time economics uh report they always put something out greg uh, uh on jobs friday they put something out greg ip writes uh the he- the the sub headline bad news for workers is good news for the economy and i have to agree with uh, uh david bonson who you should follow and uh he has the uh, DC Daily and the Dividend Cafe, and I would recommend those to you as as very interesting sources. Uh, he often writes at the National Review. He has a podcast, um, uh, Capital Matters. I think that NR produces for him, um, and uh, and I have to agree with him on this. I refuse to get caught up in the idea that that that. Uh, Bad news for workers is good news for the economy. A good economy is good for workers. A bad economy is bad for workers, as well as bad for as well as bad for entrepreneurs. As well as it's bad for people who are landlords or people who have money who lend lenders and bankers. This this report was the report of a good economy. The thing that the Wall Street Journal and uh, and 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 Leesman are both pointing to is the fact that hourly wages were up not as quite as much as were expected. Uh, so three tenths of percent, uh, March from February, in the last twelve months, four point two percent. It's lower than the rate of inflation. And I understand that, but. Um, the wages that are being paid may reflect. I mean, when we teach economics in a in a principles class in an intermediate macro class, we tell students that the that the wages they rec- that a worker receives in what is our sort of our workhorse model of an economy, which has classical roots, neoclassical roots. Is that the wage you get paid is equivalent to the value of the product you provide to your employer? If prices are rising, that filters through to your to the worker. If if productivity is rising, that filters through to the worker. If the product is getting better, that filters through to the worker. If the if there if machines are able to make Make each worker more productive, that filters through in higher wages. Higher wages, it is not the job of people like Leisman or 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 the Wall Street Journal to root for wages not going up so much. They, that is a mask for what the real problem is. The real problem is we still have inflation that's stubbornly high for services. Why? Why is that there? Because demand for services has rocketed up. I want to take you through some of the calculation of that uh, and how you think about that. I got asked, and we did the quarterly business report review on Thursday, and I was asked if if there's a recession, who's going to get hurt? I said, well, if you take the theory of the recession that I have, and I think we'll discuss this with Peter Earl next hour, my theory of the recession is the recession is coming because interest rates have had to go up too far too fast, and they had to go up too far too fast because the Fed got behind the curve. So if you want to say where's the recession going to happen, you have to pick on uh, interest rate-sensitive areas, and that, that ends up being places like houses and automobiles um, and, and the things, that, things you need for that. Big-ticket, durable goods, items are going to get hurt in this area. I think the other place that gets hurt is the places that got got a little bit fat and sassy uh, into in 2020 and 2021 when we thought we'd do everything from home forevermore, okay, and that's why the tech sector is busting, is shedding workers and some places actually showing losses. Not that that's shown up in stock prices yet, but, um, Increasingly, stock prices are skewed toward increases happening out of the tech sector, but the tech industry is shedding workers because they bulked up thinking demand was going to be high for a very long time, and, of course, the pendulum swings back. And people say, well, why does that always happen like that? It's like... I don't know, that's kind of part of human psychology, but we always see, we see people reacting very strongly to the most recent piece of news and making hiring decisions and investment decisions on that basis. So let's go through this, we'll go in the next moment, in the next segment, I want to go through where were the jobs added? And then I want to talk about also what happened to, to this labor force participation rate. That really makes you think, perhaps, um, the, the recession of 2020 is now fully in the rearview mirror, even in the labor market. We'll be back after this here, listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. <laughs>
0: salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with a free Odyssey app. In 1981, Heritage Christian Academy began with 13 students. Today, they celebrate God's faithfulness with 550 students in grades pre-K through 12. God has shown his provision for HCA for 40 years. Let me introduce one of God's faith-filled stories.
7: Hi,
2: I'm Tanya Scott. I serve as president at Heritage Christian Academy. The first graduating class in 2001 paved the way for students to enter some of the finest colleges and universities in the country. Around the world, these alumni are sharing the gospel of Jesus and defending their faith on their campuses, in the marketplace, the military, the operating room, in their churches, in courtrooms, and in their homes. The impact of Heritage Christian Academy's four core values of truth, service, relationships, and excellence are evidenced in the lives of the men and women that have been trained to know,
0: love, and serve Jesus. For more information about Heritage Christian Academy in Maple Grove, visit heritageweb.org.
6: Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting your rules for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply or apply. Stop, opt out. Visit a website for financing details. Windowappointmentnow.com. Attention all homeowners. Do you know when to replace your windows? Feeling too hot or cold? It's time to replace. Fog between the glass. Time to replace. Spending too much on expensive energy that literally goes out the window? It's definitely time to replace. If you've put off replacing windows in your home because it's too expensive, here's great news. You can now get a free in-home window consultation and free price Quote from renewal by anderson the company with the most five-star reviews among leading full service window replacement companies and right now you can buy one and get one 40 off just text live to 200 300 for your free consultation on top quality affordable windows or patio doors all with super affordable financing options text live to 200 300 right now to buy one and get one 40 off but hurry these big dollar savings won't last long text the word live to 200 300 don't wait text live to 200
0: The Ramsey Show. You're also supposed to enjoy money. Now, some of you that overspend out there, you spend like you're in Congress, you don't have any issue with this enjoying money thing. Enjoying money without overdoing it is a sign of maturity. The Ramsey Show, live every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4.
1: Welcome back, King Banging Show, the Biz fourteen forty. Thanks for being here today. That's a good song, dang it! Yeah, I love that. Uh, thank you for spending your time with us uh, this weekend, which uh, is which is uh, a, a religious uh, is, is religiously important to many faiths. So, thank you for uh, spending that time with us uh, today. Uh, 651-289-4477, the number to call here on a job Saturday on the Biz fourteen forty and. Let's dig in. I want to get to. I want to get to reading you some of the data that's in here. Um, if you look at, if you look at the uh, uh, two p- places where we first started to see big growth coming out of the COVID shock in 2020, you'd have found two things. And this has been a constant refrain. You go to TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, grab the podcast. You can go back to 2020 and hear me say this very same thing. We were going to spend more time at home. Therefore, we were going to spend more on our homes. We were going to add, you know, space. We were going to add goods, everything from furniture to exercise equipment to new windows that that allowed me to see outside but kept the germs out, all of that. And then, okay, so construction went up construction even though it was down 9,000 uh, workers in the month of March in this jobs report is still 280,000 workers above pre-pandemic levels right no matter <laughs> it's interesting because because you would think higher mortgage rates would be would would turn that around and I keep waiting for significant declines in the construction industry they have not happened yet Okay, And I confess, this is one of those questions I have. It's like it's a little bit of a mystery to me. Are construction firms just holding on to workers because they're, they're so hard to find that even though they might not have a full 40 hours of highly productive, profitable work for them, they're keeping them, they're keeping them around. Maybe? Maybe not. The construction construction employment is typically about five percent of the US economy, so you can do the math. That's about that's about a seventy-eight million dollar industry, but we're still and we're uh, 7 to seventy eight million worker industry and we're two hundred and eighty thousand above or point two eight million. Okay, so we're still three, four percent above where we would have been before, even though interest rates went went higher. I'm waiting for that number to come down. I keep, I'm, I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna have to keep waiting. Manufacturing down a thousand jobs on this report, just a frac, just a, a rounding error, no more, no less. It's 198,000 above the pre-pandemic level. What I said well, in the beginning was, of course, people are going to want more stuff, and then we've transitioned from wanting more stuff to wanting more experiences. We want to travel. We want to go out to eat. We want to go to the theater. We, we want to go. We want to go watch the Twins because they're doing well, right? We want, you know, we're all going to be glued to our sets tonight to watch the Gophers in the in the men's NC two A hockey championship. Go! I'll say it, even though I am a Husky. Go Gophers! All right, bring bring it back to Minnesota where 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 it belongs. All right, I am not I am not too proud to to root for the Gophers tonight. Um, we'll beat them next year. Besides besides which, what the heck? Uh, oh, I'm getting a comment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay, skew, ma. All right, I'll say it. It's okay. It's okay. Tough. It's tough for me. I'll, I, I'm not even sure if I pronounce it right or not. But what what have you. Uh, but the point is, we wanted experiences. But we still have in the economy 198,000 more manufacturing workers than we had at the before the pandemic, which I will point out, the economy was doing pretty darn well in 2019 and 2020. Things were going okay. And we're now back to the place where we're above that okay. Right, And sometimes people's opinions get skewed by the fact that certain people are in power and certain people are not in power. And, and it, it runs in both directions, by the way when one party's in power, the other party uh, says the economy's trash. Um, and, you know, my job is to sort of say, no, the economy's not trash. We actually have, in the good sector, more employment than we had before. We're now moving into the services sector. And the service sector is still working hard to catch up from that. Um, during that period, piece after Steve Leisman spoke Betsy Stevenson who was a member of the Council of Economic Advisors she was the chair uh, for President Obama uh, is a professor of economics at the University of Michigan okay yes we're going to play Michigan that's why I praised the Gophers first because now I'm going to play a Wolverine economist but um, uh, she was on CNBC and, and she made a couple of observations about, about the, the jobs report let's play this cut number three
7: But actually buried in that is incredibly good news, which is it came from men. And that's where we've struggled is to see the men coming back into the labor force. Realize that... We've gotten older as a country since the pandemic started. And so getting back to our old labor force participation rate is quite extraordinary. And it means that the labor force participation rate of our prime age people, 25 to 54, is well above where it was uh, prior to the pandemic. And that has been driven by women. So it was thrilling to see male labor force participation tick up here.
1: And I think, and you might argue then you know as as I think some people would argue with with professor Stevenson that in getting back to where we were in 2020 doesn't account for the fact that we also would have had growth in the labor force over that time growth in jobs in that time so just getting back to where you were misses all the growth that should have happened between march of 2020 and march of twenty twenty three Jason Furman posted this, and I, I I liked it, and I'll I'll retweet it. I'll I'll retweet it with uh, the hashtag. I, I may have already, but I'll retweet it again at, uh, in a few moments. Uh, this was the Congressional Budget Office's January 2020 forecast. Okay, compared to where actually we are at the end of the first quarter of 2023. This is their forecast for what 23 would be like. Payroll jobs: The forecast was 154.8 million, back in 2020. We're at 155.3 employment uh, uh, on the from the from the household survey. 160.0 forecast, 160.4 actual unemployment. Forecast 4%. The actual number reported yesterday, 3.5%. The labor force participation rate, 62.5% in the forecast, 62.5% in the actual. And Jason uh, tags it at the end, says the mystery of the missing worker maybe is over. I don't know. I don't know that it's over, but... Clearly, the demographic trends that were leading to lower labor force participation in tw- back in 2020, gets a long-run 20-year trend. Okay, following those trend lines, we're back to where where you would have forecasted labor force participation to be in uh, um, uh, f- where where labor force participation would have been back in uh, back in 2020. So let's let's pick through that uh, those data. I just want to go through that just a little bit more in the employment, in the employment in the establishment report, the payroll report. Okay, some people made a big deal about the fact leisure and hospitality is seventy two thousand, but we're still below that February twenty twenty level by three hundred sixty eight thousand, and I think this is where the source of that wage increase is happening. Leisure and hospitality has always been been a low wage industry and people who've been bid into the manufacturing sector bid into the construction sector people who are upskilling so that they can get jobs in 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 services in tech in finance and so forth Leisure and hospitality is having to come along with that and they're trying they're having to they're so they're having to raise their wages there along with that then prices particularly for services has to go up too and so when they say wages are rising you know but not as fast as prices i always remind my listeners here on the biz 1440 that is in no small part the fact that the jobs that are being added are being added out of low wage sectors so leisure and hospitality up 72000 government employment up 47000 People were making a big deal about the fact, well, we added a bunch of government jobs. Uh, ADP had forecast 145,000 jobs in the private sector were added. In their report on, on Wednesday, the number on private, on private sector actually came in a little bit, came in at 189. So they were very close. Uh, they, well, they weren't very close, but they were close enough uh, to, to the actual number there. Um, as I looked, as I looked uh, at the other numbers, there, professional and business services continues to trend up, uh, and it, it and it's it's been going up at about thirty to thirty five percent, thirty to thirty five thousand jobs a month. Uh, it was at thirty nine thousand this time. Health sector added thirty four thousand, uh, which is a little bit slower than the average over the last six months. But that's that's you know that that wasn't terribly surprising. But every place else. Where you saw job losses, they were not very big. Uh, retail trade, uh, retail trade down fifteen thousand, uh, mostly, believe it or not, in building materials and garden equipment and supplies to yours. The Home Depots and the Lows are losing workers. Well, that's not a surprise if you go back to where I said before: people are not going to be investing in taking care of their houses, they did a lot of that in 20 and 21. It's not a surprise that those jobs are beginning to slow down. So that's a little bit like the tech sector uh issue that's happening there. Okay? But the big news and we'll get we'll get back to this again in a bit is is that is that wages did not rise so much and there are people pointing to that saying, "See, see, the Fed's work is happening for them." It's hard to say that, I think though. We still have an increase in in workers of 236,000. We'll pick that apart a little bit more here after these messages. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz
5: 1440.
4: Have a baby? She is. Will it be a boy? Or will it be a girl? We don't know yet, but we heard the heartbeat, and my dad said this is going to be someone very special.
2: Life Across America is non political and totally educational.
5: Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy.
4: Hey, I'm Brenda from Stillwater, Minnesota. We noticed some water staining in our ceiling by our chimney. This is our first time working with JTR Roofing. A close friend had recommended them and had a great experience. They ended up replacing our roof and performed the work on our chimney. I would recommend JTR Roofing because they were reliable, friendly. There were no hidden costs in their quotes and the craftsmanship was outstanding. Not only do they do an outstanding job on our home, but also they support the community. They've had a good reputation in the 30 years that they've been in business. And just overall, it was just a wonderful experience working with the company. I was absolutely satisfied with the work. Absolutely. We're thinking about having our windows replaced and we will be calling JTR. Go to
2: JTRRoofingInc.com. That's JTRRoofingInc.com.
1: King Daniel Show, the Biz fourteen forty. I don't think there was a kid in nineteen seventy six that didn't own that record. Seventy <laughs> six? I could be off a year or two there. I'm trying to think, did I buy that in high school or college? Hmm. Anyway, six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. Number to call, questions, comments. But I want to get a, I want to get a few pieces, and I want to get some of our some of our audio out first. We were playing Betsy Stevenson uh, before the break. She's a uh, former Obama CE Council Economic Advisor uh, uh, member. I, I, I'm just blanking on whether she was the chair or, or one of the other two members of the CEA. Um, and she had uh, she had an additional comment about the jobs report on CNBC. And, again, this was this is like instant reaction, you know, and it's sort of a way to figure out, okay, it's my way to figure out, How are they thinking about framing this report? Because you know they're well-rehearsed before they go in there. Um, So this uh, this is Betsy Stevenson yesterday on CNBC, cut number four.
7: And I think what is really the story here is the ongoing reallocation in our economy. The good sector lost jobs those private sector jobs that we got it was minus seven good sector all of the addition was in the service sector where were the majority of the jobs in the service sector exactly where we would expect them in the sectors that have been slowest to recover leisure and hospitality Mm -hmm. uh, and education and health services
1: there you go i don't betsy you can come on and do the show anytime for me uh that, that that's that's exactly right um we're still in this period of of this reallocation uh, of of jobs. Uh, last night on Wall Street Week, as you 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 would see on Bloomberg Television, uh, you'll hear clips of it uh, on Bloomberg Radio from time to time. Uh, Chris Alman is the head of Calsters, which is the teachers uni- the teachers pension plan. Uh, uh, S- uh, Calsters stands for California. Um, uh, 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 school, teachers reti- school teachers' retirement system—I think that's what it stands for. What the STRS stands for. Anyway, he was on uh, Wall Street Week, uh, and and he w- and with uh, Jillian Tet, who's a reporter at the uh, columnist, excuse me, at um, at the Financial Times. And it was really this wonderful four-minute exchange that happened between them. We just pulled a couple clips out. I'm not going to play anywhere near all the four minutes of it. But uh, uh, Albin was observing the report and had, this to say, cut five. The bond market
0: and stock market have been telling us that the Fed is going to pull off a soft landing. I mean, that's amazing to say. It's hard to believe, though. So uh, we'll see. I think the next week and two weeks are going to be really challenging CPI and then earnings reports. And that really is going to weigh on the market because I'm expecting negative uh, comments from CEOs.
7: So that's the...
1: That is really an interesting point because he's still not wanting to believe that there could be a soft landing. Nonetheless, you would have to say if you just read this report plainly without wanting to figure out how to turn it into something that confirms your prior belief, what you thought at 729 Central Time yesterday morning you would have to say this is conf- this is a confirmation that a soft landing is underway and pay attention i think to the pay attention to the data that comes out of the household survey the unemployment rate came down labor force participation stayed the same but that employment to population ratio which as i say is always the number in the household survey that they can't mess around with Particularly for the 25 to 54 year old uh, cohort, I'm having a problem with my my mouse on my computer. Um, that ratio shot from 80.5 to 80.7. There's even good news if you decide you want to look at unemployment rates determined by um, determined by. Uh, Determined by race or gender Because men came back As Stevenson pointed out before The The Unemployment rate for black Americans Is now at 5% That is a new Low I don't think you can I, I, You can't The data is starting to be collected Divided by Classified by race In the mid 70's There has never been a black unemployment rate As low as 5% in all of that time. okay. Um, uh, Jillian Tett, again, columnist at Financial Times, is responding to the data. Let's look here. Cut number six, please.
2: Well, I think one way to summarize what's happened in the last 24 hours is that bond markets remembered the message, don't fight the Fed. Because after the March madness of collapsing banks, there was a tremendous amount of wishful thinking amongst investors that the Federal Reserve would then go forward and start cutting rates. The Fed itself, in terms of its official statements, has been really clear over and over again that they are not looking for rate cuts. Um, if anything, they are expecting to continue to hike. And it's worth stepping back for a second and saying that any other situation, if you had a 3.5% unemployment rate and a 4. 2% annual wage growth rate. There's no way you'd be talking about cutting
1: rates. And that, yet they will. And this is something we'll probably talk about with uh, uh, Peter Earl from uh, the American Institute for Economic Research in the next hour. This is a good jobs report. And yet I kept reading things like uh, hiring cooling is the subtitle for the Wall Street Journal piece. And 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 the Financial Times Okay, the Washington Post actually said this was a this was a strong jobs report. I thought that, that was interesting because it sort of violated the uh, what was what was expect, what other people were saying. People trying to say hiring cools. Okay, I'm actually reading a piece now. Um, the three month average of annualized pace of wage growth. This is Joseph Persuelos at uh, RSM um, at, on the Real Economy blog. Uh, the three-month average annualized pace of wage growth slowed to 3.8%, moving toward what policymakers at the Federal Reserve believe to be in line with stable wage, wage and, 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 and inflation expectations. I don't think that's actually right. I think, it's, I think adjusted for changes in productivity, which have slowed down, wage increases are still at a rate that's above the 2% target. You, you know, I think Tets correct. You would not be talking about slowing you know, about slowing down these rate the, 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 the rate hikes. You might be talking about doing another rate hike. Um, and and, and indeed, Mohammed el Arian on uh, on Bloomberg yesterday had this to say that sort of falls in line with that cut number one.
3: One, for the Fed, this increases the probability that they'll go 25 basis points in early May. Of course, the CPI numbers going to be important. But given this, this does not justify a pause, given how they've been thinking. Second, it's good to see... Good economic news um, in terms of high labor force participation, in terms of the unemployment rate coming down, being also good news for the S&P, for stocks, which tells you that we are making this transition where the stock market was obsessed with interest rate risk to one where it's concerned about credit risk. And this number here suggests that it should be less concerned about credit risk for the moment.
1: In other words, these data would support the idea that businesses are actually profitable. So it actually, I will say, it makes the soft landing, this makes the soft landing more possible. And it does give the Fed the ability to raise rates again. That is not the expectation. There's still a disconnect between what, you know, that that Jillian that Tet points out. There's a disconnect between what the market is thinking and what, it's, what the Fed's signals are. The Fed is trying very hard, I mean. Who is out talking this week? And I play too much of Federal Reserve presidents, so I'm not doing it this week. I just left them. I didn't send those cuts down to uh, Spencer to uh, to get for us. But uh, the two major speakers that are out this week were presidents Mester and Bullard. And he'd be hard-pressed to find two more more hawkish inflation speakers. They're out there trying to pull their people to say, hey, come on, we're not done yet. We've got to move a little bit further uh, mester was actually saying more than twenty five basis points over the over the rest of this year, but the 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 battle ro- that 's going on between the banks and the between the banks on the one hand and the softness in the the softness in the bank sector, particularly small and mid sized banks, and on the other hand, a good jobs report that still shows wage increases, yes, down one tenth on a year over year basis that is not nearly enough. If you thought you should have been raising rates when, when that rate was at 4.3%, 42 is two isn't some magic number that says, okay, we're done. Not in any way, shape, or form. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440.
0: The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley.
2: Are you or a loved one struggling with drug or alcohol use? Maybe you're not sure if it's addiction or if treatment's needed. If so, you're not alone. According to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, 19.3 million people aged 18 or older had a substance use disorder in the past year. Hazelden Betty Ford offers a free confidential assessment. Inpatient, outpatient, and virtual options are available. It's time to take back your life. Hazelden Betty Ford can help. This message sponsored by Hazelden Betty Ford, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and the station.
3: When you take the time
5: It's all the traditions, the community pride, the culture of your hometown high school, plus all those memories that are on the line, too. What can you do? It's simple. Buy a ticket when you can. Go to a game. Take the whole family. Let's do everything we can to keep
3: those cherished school sports memories alive. This message presented by the Minnesota
1: State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association.
5: Your traditional water softener wastes water as if you ran a full washer for just a pair of socks. Commerce wet technology softeners will save you water and salt. Save $400 when you trade in your old salt hog to Commerce Water. Go to Commerce.com.
0: Soaking up the sun in Fiji. Walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis. or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app
1: welcome back king Bang show the biz 1440 uh thank you for being here um i'll wait till the next break to actually change the dang uh the batteries on the mouse i think i've finally decided to to give up on me. Of course, during the show, why not? 651 uh, 289 the number to call with questions and comments, where we find John this morning. Hey, John, good morning. Welcome to the King Daniel Show. Oh, good morning. Um, I wanted to ask you two things. Um, you said last week that Fed Chairman Powell's background was that of his as a lawyer. I mm-hmm. believe uh, many of his predecessors, such as Ben Bernanke and Greenspan,
0: their backgrounds were actually in economics. Could you tell us what qualified Lawrence Powell to be the chairman? Had he been a a regional governor or something? And the second thing is, could you distinguish between something that some people feel we might have as a slowdown? How does a slowdown differ from an actual economic recession?
1: Okay, those are both great, and very different questions. Uh, so let me let me let me try that. Uh, um, let me try to get at that. First of all, I can answer the Powell one very quickly. He's been around the Federal Reserve for a long time. Uh, he he cut his teeth doing uh, corporate law, financial law, uh, in private practice. Made a fair amount of money, but pretty quickly went into the Fed as a uh, as a lawyer working on the working on the regulation side he has learned a lot learned a lot about uh, about, uh, about the about the coming I'll say one I'll say one more thing and I I let me say two things one I don't think it should be necessary for someone to be an economist to be the head of the fed I don't think that qualification is Necessary, and I don't even think it's wise. Economists have not done a terrible job being the chairs of the Fed any more than those that were not chair, that were not economists. I don't, I don't think, I don't think, since I, since I, I I call myself an economist, I don't think we deserve that kind of deference. Um, I think we have to earn it uh, case by case. There have been some great great Fed chairs who uh, Fed chairs who were economists. Um, and, 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 and I would put Greenspan in that, in that boat. Uh, I would, uh, I, I won't do, I won't do a full history for you, but, uh, as I remember, I don't believe Paul Volcker was, was an economist, certainly wasn't a, certainly wasn't a, uh, a trained PhD economics academic background. Greenspan never was in, in academia, um, uh, he hung around uh, you know what, what you would have called intellectual parlors, think tanks, and so forth, but he wasn't in that boat. Um, you know i just I, I just don't I, you know and and I would say um, the mistakes that I would cite to Jay Powell are not mistakes from under uh, misunderstanding of economics. I think he understands it well I think he's just, I just think the job is a very political job, and Jay Powell's a very political human. Um, Guess what? So is Janet Yellen. Guess what? So is Ben Bernanke. And they're both academic economists. Um, I would say that, and having met Bernanke a few times, I would say to his his face, you engaged in politics while you were there. You kind of have to. Um, On your second question, um, uh, uh, slowdown versus recession, economists have sometimes used this phrase, a growth recession meaning a slow a period of slow growth slower than what would be normal but would still be above zero and so that can be called i mean i think growth recession is a really clunky phrase i think slowdown is better even though it doesn't have it it doesn't have some cachet of academic definition or it doesn't even sound like something uh something scientific um but I, I actually, I actually like that word. Recession means that you've had you've had growth below zero in some major categories for some period of time. We we had that happen in the first two in the first half of 2020. You'll recall if you go back in the archives at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, you'll see I said I don't think this is really a recession. Uh, and people say, why? I said, because the other data, it's not just GDP. You have to look at employment. You have to look at wages. You have to look at consumption. You have to look at a broad range of measures. And I didn't think, really, that, that there was enough confirmation of the two negative GDP numbers, GDP growth numbers, to make it worth saying so. And I actually feel vindicated on that now. Um had the data been revised, had there been a third quarter of negative GDP, I probably would have ended up having having to say, "Well, I was wrong." Um, I I'm willing. I think I wasn't wrong, and I I I I still live with that. But those are both really great questions, John. You know what? Because I want to clear the decks a little bit to make time for Peter Earl coming up after the break. I want to play two more cuts from this conversation, Chris Allman. Is the is the chief investment officer for Calsters, the teachers' pension in California, uh, talking more about the jobs report and the impact on the Fed? Let's play cut number seven.
0: The, the uh, wages were only up 4%. That's still higher than he wants, but that's not bad. Um, these numbers just are quite a conundrum. Uh, and I think that Powell's only tools to raise rates. He will continue. Uh, at some point, pause. And as Julian pointed out, the markets are expecting a pivot
1: as early as the third quarter. I just don't see that. Same here. Same here. I don't see it either. Uh, and, then, and then the last word on that, on that piece goes to, uh, goes to Jillian Tett from the Financial Times Cut Eight.
2: The market has forgotten this is they are scrambling they're racing to reestablish their credibility because frankly for a central banker there's nothing worse than thinking they've lost credibility. So you know they have made it really clear that they are not going to be bullied by the markets into cutting prematurely. They're also though and this is a really important point they're trying very hard to signal to the markets that they are separating out monetary policy measures that are helped to the designed to target the economy from financial stability measures. They're trying to deal with a financial stability issue through all kinds of macroprudential tools, and they're trying to indicate that they're not going to loosen policy just for the financial stability reasons.
1: This split, this division between macroeconomics and what the Fed does there and banks and what it does there, um, is important. A lot of people trying to say, well, they can do both things at the same time. They can, but I think that the problem the problem you have right now is the word that's used for that regulation is macroprudential. Prudential means careful. I have a hard time squaring the word macroprudential with what's happened so far, which is every time every time a bank runs into trouble, they say, oh well, they're systemically important, so we've we've the magic incantation. Allows me to skip Dodd Frank and just go ahead and bail them out, okay? And I think that's the the issue that's there. They are in conflict, and at some point they're going to have to decide to reduce rates because they're op- the the other thing they can do to bail out another bank gets them in too much trouble with 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 uh, Congress. Peter Earl coming up right after the break. here, King Banyan show, the Biz, fourteen forty. Texting
6: privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting your roles for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply or play. Stop, stop, stop. Visit website for financing details. Windowappointmentnow.com. Attention all homeowners. Do you know when to replace your windows? Feeling too hot or cold? It's time to replace. Fog between the glass. Time to replace. Spending too much on expensive energy that literally goes out the window? It's definitely time to replace. If you've put off replacing windows in your home because it's too expensive, here's great news. You can now get a free in-home window consultation and free free price quote from Renewal by Anderson, the company with the most five-star reviews among leading full-service window replacement companies. And right now, you can buy one and get one 40% off. Just text LIVE to 200-300 for your free consultation on top quality affordable windows or patio doors, all with super affordable financing options. Text LIVE to 200-300 right now to buy one and get one 40% off. But hurry, these big dollar savings won't last long. Text the word LIVE to 200-300. Don't wait. Text LIVE to 200 200-300. 300
5: do something good for the vets give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country and your old car can really help them so call the veterans car donation program right now for free pickup of your vehicle help the vets and help your taxes at the same time call right
0: now 800-884-9018 800-884-9018 800-884-9018 that's 800-884-9018
8: Does inflation have you worried? Maybe you have an appliance or two on life support or dated ones that need to be renewed before the holidays? Don't worry, Appliance Renew has your back. Hey, it's Michael, owner of Appliance Renew. We have a large inventory of brand new name brand scratch and ding appliances at 20 to 50% off. Appliance Renew is your peace of mind solution in these crazy economic times. We have over 250 brand new scratch and ding appliances from LG, Whirlpool, GE, Maytag, Frigidaire, and more just waiting for you in our Farmington showroom. All appliances are brand new with a little ding or two. We thoroughly inspect and test everything, and we stand behind our appliances with a complete one-year warranty. Whether you're looking for washers, dryers, stoves, refrigerators, dishwashers, ovens, or more, you'll find it at Appliance Renew in downtown Farmington. Stop by today or search for Appliance Renew online. Saving money is worth the drive when a little ding doesn't mean a thing at Appliance Renew.